Hey there! For me, back in the day, having a side hustle was all about needing to make more money. And that meant getting a second real job, either in retail or some MLM thing. Yeah, that stuff is still an option, but you've got so much more to choose from these days. I've got a new little workbook that outlines 13 easy to start side hustles in the event that you want a second job but aren't sure where to start. These 13 options offer flexible hours, work when you can or need to, and won't cost much to get started. Plus, they're fun, so they won't be a drag or a burden to do when you need a little extra cash. And some can even turn into evergreen, passive income once they are created. There's activities that you can do in order to see whether each of these things is good for you, so why not get your hands on this bad boy right now? Make some extra dough this year without making yourself crazy and pick up 13 easy to start side hustles at chrismcpeak.com forward slash free goodies. Now let's dig into this week's exciting, enticing, and extravagantly fabulous new episode. Struggling to balance a side hustle with your job in higher education can be a real bummer. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and I help career professionals in higher education make time for their side hustle so they don't waste their potential. If you're ready to think outside the box about your time and truly do all of the things, then tune in now because you've got side hustle. Okay, everybody out there, welcome back to the Got Side Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today, once again, I am blessed with chatting with a former colleague of mine back from uh, both of our residence life days. So we have another recovering housing professional on the line. Today, we're talking to Christina Armstrong. Oh, that blows my mind. Christina, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I was, it occurred to me, like I'm following this person on Instagram and I didn't realize that it was you right away. And then two things happened. There was a reel that you posted and then there was, there was something else that you wrote and I commented on it. And then the, the way that I realized it was you is because you called me McPeak and I was like, okay, <laughs> only housing people call me that because that just did not that has not taken in my new job I was like oh my god this is Christina Armstrong and look at all the cool things she's doing so um let's talk a little bit about who you are what you're doing right now um and of course we we met um yeah at Chico State Residence uh, University Housing and Food Service I think is what it was yes and not only did we meet at Chico State but I remember that I was your host the day that you interviewed for that job so that's right. Uh, yeah, definitely lo- loved working with you there. But um, yeah, so after Chico, you know, I worked in housing Chico for about two years, and then I moved over to Sacramento State in housing for a year. And living positions are just, you know, they're tough. And so I knew I was not a lifelong housing person. I had no aspirations to be like a director or anything like that. Mm. And so I got really fortunate through networking that I was able to pivot over into student activities. So I did that for about about six or seven years or so still at Sac State as well. Um, I really liked that I was able to learn, you know, more about the student experience. And I had never advised students in that way before. So it was just very different. There's a lot more programming, um, got to do some leadership education, but really developed my network, really strengthened my network. Um, and then in the past year, had the opportunity to uh, pivot again to uh, literally a completely new job. It's the first of its kind in the entire CSU system oh, wow. um, as a project, yeah, as a project manager. So pros and cons to that, of course, is 
you know, it's not like you can be like, well, what did the person before me do? Like you are the person you're you're creating that foundation. Um, But it's been good. I've been in the role for about a year. I started in April. Um, the, The most fun part about it is, you know, a year ago in April, we were not on campus. So I've right, I was been, just going to say, yeah, I've been remote the entire time. Ah. So it'll be really interesting to actually physically <laughs> work with some of these people and just see how things shift. But, so uh, but it's a really good job. It really helps me to use my, my skill set and my strength, um, which is directly tied to some of the stuff that I'm doing and the stuff that you see on Instagram. You know, I, I, one of the biggest things that this role does is, you know, project management is coordination and time management and organization skills. So it was just really easy, um, an easy job for me to see myself doing and being successful at. Well, so let's talk a little bit about your side hustle. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the name of your handle now. Um, it's escaping organizing hire, organizing hire. Okay. So let's dig into that a little bit. When did that start? What does that consist of? Uh, what inspired you to start going down that road? So I started, I would say around August of last year is when I first started to get the idea to put something together. It really just started with YouTube initially. Um, And I thought, first I thought like, oh, let me make some extra money from YouTube. So I put together a YouTube video. My first video is like embarrassing. It was like, I filmed it vertically. I filmed it vertically, which is like massive faux pas in the YouTube world. Um, And it was like a three minute video. My editing was just all over the place. But I I thought that what I would do is talk about organization and productivity and including things like home organization, because I'm a huge container store fan. So talking about how I'm organizing stuff at home and and it translates, right? If you have stuff organized that it's easier to find and you can be more productive. Um, but through, you know, trial and error and experimenting, it kind of split off into what it's grown to today, which is namely a resource for really anyone, but especially for student affairs professionals to be able to get a better, um, co- better control of their time management and their, their well-being, because I feel like those two things are tied together so heavily um, I wanted to share, you know, basic productivity tips and talk to people about email management, time management, but I also wanted to bring in the human aspect of that and, mm. and reminding people that, you know, at the end of the day, you could be the most organized person in the world, but if you are working in a toxic work environment where you can't say no, for example, you can't say set boundaries, no mm. amount of organization is going to save you. So yeah. it's it's about addressing you know, both the symptoms and the illness. So it's not just, you know, oh my gosh, I'm super stressed all the time. You know, okay, great. I could help with some time, with some time management things very basically, but at the same time, you know, you need to gauge where you work and do you work in an environment that's actually designed for you to be successful? Not everywhere is designed for you to be successful. Like not everyone wants you to be successful, which I think some people are just blown away by this concept like yes yeah and especially in student affairs I I really want people to you know acknowledge that I think that we do a good job in the profession of kind of complaining about you know some of the toxicity that exists and and the the hustle culture and all these things and 
And we don't really do a good job of calling ourselves out as participants in that culture. So if we, if we want to challenge something, knowing that we have the voice and authority to do so, but also like walk the talk, don't just complain and then go about your day because that leads to you know, anger and resentment and burnout and burnout's pretty high in, in student affairs as a profession in general, but yeah. partly because of that. Um, I appreciate, I think I, I read something you wrote somewhere at some point in life where you talked about, you know, working from some, working for someone who basically told you, you know, hey, if you want to work, you know, if you want to have work-life balance, you're in the wrong profession. And I just think that's such bullshit. Like what kind of a message yeah. is that to someone? I think that says more about that person and their expectations than it does about the field and the entire profession. So that's the other piece as well, because I love student affairs. I think it's a fantastic profession, but I do think there are certain things people need to watch out for and be prepared for when they go into student affairs. So, um, so I talk about you know, productivity stuff and organization things. But I also want to make sure that people understand, you know, your childhood experiences, your internal voices, this kind of stuff. Also, there's these self-limiting beliefs that plays a role as well. Um, and so it kind of morphed into, you know, the Instagram page. And then very recently, as of like yesterday, I announced a, an official rollout for, um, like one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching packages. So, awesome. cause a lot of people, yeah. So I was really excited. You know, a lot of people would, would see things on my Instagram page and I would always say, you know, Hey, if you have specific questions, like reach out to me and you know, ask questions. And a lot of people would do that. But what I was realizing over time is, you know, some people, it's disjointed what I'm offering, right? I'm offering, you know, bits and pieces of randomness, but some people yeah. just need literally a package of, mm -hmm you know, here's this, this, you know, roadmap, and we're going to walk you from point A all the way to point B. I'm going to hold your hand along the way. And we're going to get you where you need to go. Because some people can't put together all of the individual disjointed pieces that I'm yes. sharing on Instagram and come up with their own roadmap. So I just figured it would be most, you know, more helpful for people that are interested in it. It's not, it's not at all a sales page, right? Like, oh, buy this, buy this, buy this. No, no, no. It's just, it's recognizing that for some people, what I'm offering is not enough. And they're, they're more interested in maybe some more impactful stuff. So I'm excited to, to be able to offer that now. Which is oh, great. I'm excited that you're doing that. And you know, you, you hit on so many things that I'm so passionate about. Um, and I think, you know, there, there needs to be a steering of the ship. And I, I thought it would have happened by now as more of the boomers like phase out of, of senior level management, that that would, um, <clears throat> that that would happen, but I don't, I don't see it. And I, I see colleagues of mine in, at my current gig that still like, you know, the 60, 80 hour work week is not unknown to them and no one is telling them this isn't healthy. And, and I see people that still don't have significant others and still don't have social lives and are still overweight and still don't take time to be with their families and, and things like that. And so I, a, I think there, there still needs to be like that paradigm shift, which I think is why you and I do the things that we do, um, is to help, you know, collectively get that huge boat to turn and turn away from, 
putting people in a position where they're supposed to support students and help students, but they're, they're not taking care of themselves and we don't serve from an empty vessel. So we can't serve from an empty vessel. So how is, how is that possibly working towards supporting students and, and helping them through their journey? But, um, also that notion that a, a person shouldn't be in a particular field because they care about their work-life balance. And, and that was, that was highly personal to me. Um, I mean, every, everything that I do now is related back to my residence life experience and, and what drove me the craziest about what I was doing. And it, it wasn't, I don't think it wasn't just one school. One school was a straw that broke the camel's back, but I started feeling along the lines like, okay, I'm getting older and I don't really want to spend my entire life in this thing that I'm invested in, but it's not, it's not who I am. And I think that's the other problem. And I, I saw this more in the eighties and the early nineties where uh, professionals felt so defined by what they were doing. Like I am my job and I love that. And, and I don't think that's healthy either. Um, so yeah, I think, I think what you're doing is, is really special. Um, awesome. so talk, talk a little bit about, um, I lost my questions. Um, okay. talk, talk a little bit about where the, the Instagram page came from. Like what, where did that start? What, what did that come out of the YouTube channel? And you were just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to share little tidbits of, of my thoughts here. You know, I can honestly say I do not remember. There was, there's <laughs> been there's been so much of this, you know, and I've I've, sh I've shared this with people over the course of the past couple of weeks. Like, there's been so many instances where I I genuinely feel like I am being led to do some of the things I'm doing. I did not consciously decide oh, I'm going to become a productivity coach. That was yeah. not the plan. Like, <laughs> it, it, it was literally, you know, hey, I'll put some stuff on Instagram and see if people are interested in it. And it just, it's grown into this thing. And I just really feel like I'm responding to what people are asking for. So with that. Instagram, you know, I think I, I, if I can recall, I think I started the page initially because, you know, I thought I was going to focus on uh, like home organization stuff. And a lot of the people that I was seeing um, on YouTube also had Instagram pages. So I was like, oh, okay, this will be easy. So I just made an Instagram page. So that, that's not, part of it was just that. Um, but, you know, as I said, watching and seeing the folks that were following me, most of the time it was people from work because, you know, with Instagram for organic growth, you, you kind of start with the people that you know, so <laughs> and true. eventually it, it expands up. But um, I didn't know a ton of people that were that interested in organization, in, <laughs> you know, home organization like I was, but I knew a ton of people in student affairs who felt overwhelmed by their job. So, yeah. um, so that's definitely how that, how that's grown. And then I, I, I went searching and I'm still searching. So maybe there's, there's someone out there listening that can put me up on this, but I've been searching for a, a page that is similar to mine that speaks to student affairs professionals. Mm -hmm. And that talks about, you know, organization, productivity, time management stuff. And I cannot find one. I found one that had a YouTube channel as well, but I think they've kind of died off and they have an Instagram page, but they're not I feel like they're kind of all over the place. Like I can't pinpoint what they, what they do specifically. They provide information. Yes. And they have funny reels. Yes. But I can't point like, okay, they do this. 
Like, yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, that's I the help- closest that I found. Yeah. The I help statement probably is not, is not clear. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I think what, what you're doing and, and what I'm trying to do too, is, is connect that idea to, um, that, that we are more than our job, that we have these strengths and these talents and these things that are important to us that, that have come, you know, from a previous experience that we've had. And we want to make sure others don't have that same pain point that, that we went through. So we we're looking to, you're looking to stop higher ed uh, student affairs people from, from burning out and hating their work. And, and I'm trying to help uh, higher ed student affairs people make time to do that other thing on the side that that feeds their passion that they're not doing in their day job but but also like I have no intention of leaving my day job I'm not looking Same. for this to become a full-time thing for me um because I love what I do I I'm finally landed in a place and I figured this out too like you know this is my ninth college at my ninth job in my seventh state. And there's something behind the reason why I've been here almost eight years now. This is the place that I was supposed to land. And this is the work that I'm supposed to be doing from eight to four 30. But, but the other stuff around it is, you know, just like what you're doing is trying to help the people that come after you not have those same struggles. Um, And I absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, you know, the other piece of it too, that I always think about subconsciously is, you know, an overwhelming majority of, you know, newer student affairs professionals are women and women have a harder time than men usually, you know, setting boundaries and sticking up for themselves and saying no and, and understanding that they can say no. It's been amazing to understand, you know, the people that have been coaching, just being amazed that they can say no to their boss, right? Like, yes, you can, you can say no. Like I promise you, you don't have to every single thing they give you to do. You do not have to do it. I promise you. I know it sounds crazy, but trust me, like you have a say and a lot of times it's, it's just about transparency and communication, right? You're not yeah. just going to say, nope, sorry, I'm not going to do that. You're going to say, hey, as a reminder, I'm already doing these 45 other tasks. Yeah. I can totally put aside one of those and work on this if you want me to. Right. But your boss doesn't, they don't know. They forgot that they asked you to do 45 other things. It so. is so um, true. And nine times out of 10, I think sometimes our supervisors don't always know what we do in our day to day. So reminding them like, yeah, you pay me to do these things. But what you don't know is that in doing those things, I'm doing these things. So you can't see me, but I'm drawing a little bar and the little tasks that go underneath it. So for every scholarship program related thing that's on my plate there's 10 other tasks under that so and i and i've come to the place where with my current boss if she's getting ready to go on vacation i ask point blank okay while you're gone where do you need my energy to be um because it might just be like i i need you to make sure the office doesn't fall apart okay that's fine i can do that but if it's a project or a task or a deadline you know i ask because i want her to say like yeah, this is where I need your energy to be energy to be right now. And it, it, yeah. And there's not enough of that happening because people feel like, Oh, this is my boss telling me this and I have to do exactly, exactly. what they say, or I'm going to be exactly. Um, yes. yeah. Yeah. And I have, a, I'm working with someone right now who, you know, even something as simple as looking at her job description and realizing it is unrealistic. Like mm-hmm. what she is being asked to do does not fit into a 40 hour work week, but yeah. she, she didn't realize that until we worked together to analyze let's look at your job description. Let's look at your calendar. 
and she saw for herself, holy crap, this is it. This is it. Yeah. So I can't do all this shit. This is ridiculous. Right. Exactly. 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 Yeah. But she had just been thinking, oh, well, I guess I'll just work weekends or I'll just, I'll work at night. And you can absolutely choose to do that. I'm not telling people that, you know, you shouldn't work at night and you shouldn't work on weekends. Like yeah. by all means, if that's what you feel like you need to do, totally do it. But it should be your choice to do that. You're paid to work generally Monday through Friday, eight to five. And mm-hmm. if you're, you know, dicking around and you can't get your work done from eight to five Monday through Friday, then yes, by all means, you need to work on the weekends and at night. But if you're on it, you're on task, you're doing what you're being asked to do, and you're still running out of time, it might be time management, but it might be that you just, you're being asked to do too much. Too much. Yeah. There's too much on that job description plate. It's making yes. you job fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good analogy. <laughs> so, okay. So you were just referencing that you're working with this person. Um, so tips, strategies, hacks, what do you recommend that people do? Let's just do with the nine to five thing. Like if they are struggling with getting all their stuff done between eight to four thirty, nine to five, whatever it is, what are some things that you've done that work for you that you're, that you're coaching to your clients about? Yeah. Yeah. One of the most powerful things that you can do is get clear on what you're doing. What, what are you even doing? So many people cannot answer that question. So if that's just writing down, you know, take 30 minutes and write down all the projects that you're working on, all the committees that you're working on, all the student meetings that you have, and just get a list of everything. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a clearer sense of what it means to have committed to something. Yeah. And then from that list, you know, either on your own or with the support of someone else, kind of prioritize things. What things do you have to do? And what things are you doing because you want to do them? And I will say, you know, being able to say no and learning to be comfortable saying no to yourself and to others Mm -hmm. is so transformative because sometimes we we do this to ourselves. Like we have these stresses because we have self-selected into them. It's not other people asking you to do stuff. It's you have said yes. You could have said no. You just didn't feel comfortable saying no. And so you said yes when you really meant no. So get clear on exactly what it is that you've committed to. Get a nice, get a sense of, you know, the, the things that are priority. And then the last step is you know, say no to certain things, say no to a third of your list or a quarter of your list. And saying no might look like, you know, literally completely all the way backing out of something, or it might mean scaling down what your involvement is, or tabling your involvement to something later. And and recognizing that, you know, for people that sometimes feel, oh, I feel guilty about saying no, you could point to your list of 45 other things that you're doing as the reason it's not you saying no, it's your list saying no. Right. I, I totally want to help you, but these 45 other things are telling me I don't have time to help you. Right. right? Because sometimes people let their emotions and their stress level dictate if they can say no, right. Like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to crash and burn. If I say yes to this, you can get way in front of that by just constantly reminding yourself, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm doing you know, here's the stuff that's priority for me right now. Do I have time? There's, there's stuff all the time that I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. Oh my gosh, I would love to help with that. Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. I just, I just can't because yeah. I know I can't fully commit to what's being asked of me. Yeah. I had, uh, 
that hit me upside the head this week with getting with getting sick. And I got to thinking like, you know, I have I have things on my plate that I'm overly dedicated to and and yet I'm still trying to learn more, do more, achieve more. And it's like, okay, some of it has to stop. Do I really need one more online course? Do I really need to participate <laughs> in another mastermind group? Do I really need to do a collaboration with this person? And I, yeah, it's like what you're saying. Yes, I want to do that very much, but these other things came first and they need to get, they need to get my energy or I need to, you know, prioritize. And I, I got to thinking like, okay, I'm going to, for a week, I'm going to try to only do side hustle things for one hour a day and see what that does for my state of mind. And it's going to be a really neat trick if I pull it off, but um, yeah, it's something <laughs> I would like to, I would like to pursue regardless. Um, Cause I think, you know, it, it's things like that. It's getting trouble, getting in trouble at work, having a fight with your significant other, having issues with your family, um, getting stressed out, um, whatever those those are the wake up calls that are telling us like, okay, you need to slow down and take a step back and, and do what Christina says, write all that shit down and decide what's the most important thing to do today. Or what's the second most important thing to do day today. And what on this list doesn't need to happen at all. Cause it's just not part of the mix. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing your best-selling book, like right now with your, with your face on the cover, like it's all about the, how to yeah. say no in student affairs. Um, yeah, I think you should totally I'll work write on that. that. Um, I could. you, you absolutely could. I mean, I think that you just wrote the outline right here in this podcast. Interview. <laughs> um, all right. I'll make sure I, I mention you in the, the acknowledgement. Okay. Yeah, no, I want to be in the dedication. Um, do you have any <laughs> Funny, tough, silly stories to share about your side hustle that you've just recently started. Um, funny, tough, or silly stories. Um, you know, nothing that comes to mind really. Um, just, just reflecting on kind of what you were alluding to before, how easy it is for this to become a second job because I have constantly it's almost annoying like how often I will have ideas oh my gosh that's a good idea for a topic or, oh my god that's a good idea for a post and then I'm just like down the rabbit hole with this I'm researching stuff I spend five hours on Instagram searching something it's like no don't this is not yeah, what you want to do this. you don't <laughs> want to put your energies into this um, but it's it's really learning how to hone in you know all the things I want to do, like I said, I want to do a million things, but mm -hmm. between my full-time job, taking care of my kid and this thing I do on the side and trying to have some type of, you know, semblance of a social life, uh -huh. I just can't do all of that stuff. So yeah. I've gotten, you know, I'm not always great about going to bed at, at night because I'm up on Instagram looking for things and getting inspired by, by ideas, but, um, but I, I'm pretty good about, about trying to rein that in, but yeah, nothing particularly funny. Not yet. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure that'll come. <laughs> that'll come for sure. Okay. Christina, yeah. where can everybody find you uh, on Instagram with your new coaching program? If they want to connect with you in any way. Yeah. My handle is at organizing higher, higher as an I H I G H E R as in higher education. 
And uh, yeah, that's mostly where folks are able to find me. I have a YouTube channel. It's also Organizing Hire as well. Feel free to subscribe there. My YouTube channel focuses more so on um, methodologies and is more general related to productivity. It's not so much student affairs focused and boundaries focused. Um, it's more of, of the technical stuff. But really, um, I, either of those is a really good place to contact me. My email address, organizinghire at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me there. And eventually, as we start growing this, um, this mountain here, I'll have a website and I'm working on a, a freebie and a giveaway for an email list and all kinds of things I have. But again, this is on my nice to-do list and right. I will get to it at some this, point. This too shall come. Awesome. I have so enjoyed this. A, catching up is always fantastic, but B, I I think we share the same brain in a lot of ways. So you're going to have to come back on the show um, as we, uh, as we evolve and as, and as you evolve, because this has really been fantastic. Everybody, you need to go follow Christina on Insta. Her stuff is magic. Um, It's, it's fun. It's meaningful. It's entertaining. It will hit you over the side of the head, a la Jethro Gibbs, but in the nicest of ways. So we have been chatting today with Christina Armstrong of Organizing Hire. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Got Side Hustle Show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. And if you want some bonus points, I'd love for you to leave a rating and review, or even better, share the show with a friend. Original music for the Got Side Hustle show is composed and performed by Chris Corral. And I'd love to see you join me over at the Got Side Hustle community on Facebook. It's a free group and we kick around all kinds of things relating to our day jobs and our side hustles. Go to gotsidehustlecommunity.com and connect with us there today.